Hey everybody, welcome to the Export. I am Raven X, and for the first portion of the show, it's all me because we are going to break down the conference championship weekend as well as me picking my winners for the NFL awards. And then we're gonna get to the fun part. I'm gonna be joined by a very special guest. Chris Waters, a.k.a. Embryo, a.k.a. my favorite Embry Ho, for the WWE and NBA discussions. But before we get to that, as always, I got to do my shameless plugs. Be sure to check out the export.net. I repeat the export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow expert writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast on our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get this bad boy started. As I'm guessing all of us know by now, it will be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs squaring off in Super Bowl 57? I don't know. We're going to call it 57. And it's going to be a great game. However, here's how they got there. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles took down the quarterbackless 49ers 31-7. to And no, I'm not using that as an excuse as to why the 49ers lost. And then the Cincinnati Bengals battled the Kansas City Chiefs full for a full 60 minutes, however, it was the Kansas City Chiefs that took home the 23-20 and 20 win, making me go two for two with my picks for the round. Um, my most impressive player is going to go to wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who had, I believe, the best game of his season against the Bengals. Had six catches for 116 yards and a beautiful touchdown reception that Patrick Mahomes put on a needle. He was giving the Bengals defense fits all night. Something that they really needed, especially considering Juju went out, uh, Kadarius Tony got hurt, and Travis Kelsey was having a great game, but it was not the typical Travis Kelsey game that we were accustomed to. So shout out to MVS. My most um, impressive defensive player has to go to outside linebacker Hassan Reddick of the Philadelphia Eagles, who wreaked absolute havoc against the 49ers, especially early on. Had three tackles for two sacks and a tackle for loss, including that forced fumble, which ended up getting Brock Purdy hurt. But that's just a word of warning. Never put a backup tight end on a edge rusher. It's a losing game, especially if this edge rusher had double-digit sacks. My most disappointing player... Can't just limit at the one person. It's a unit, and that is the Bengals' offensive line. While the ragtag group has been making do despite recent injuries to Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa, they've been doing okay as of late, but this past Sunday, it was the opposite. Joe Burrow was sacked five times and hit 12 times. I thought since he we were better. I think it's going to be another offseason where they put all their eggs in the basket of improving that offensive line, which has been, as we know, historically bad. And my rookie of the week, we got a back-to-back winner. Chiefs cornerback Jalen uh, Watson had four tackles and an interception. Solid game overall. Now let's go ahead and move on to NFL award winners. First award is AP Assistant Coach of the Year with Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan's the 49ers coordinator, and Stain. Shane Steichen of the Eagles offensive coordinator nominated as finalist. However, I'm going to Miko Ryans. While this seems like the easy choice, I think D'Amico Ryans for back-to-back years has really turned this 49ers defense around. While, of course, we always talk about the um, the Fred Warners and the Nick Bosa's of the world, I think that they got great perfunction out of uh, Hulafala Tufanga. Um, Tushan Gibson looked like his career was revitalized. Javarius Ward made some solid plays this year, as did Emmanuel Moser on the opposite side. I think that overall, the 49ers defense was just the most cohesive group, and I think that comes in large part because of the leadership of D'Amico Ryan, who, as we all know, is now the head coach of the Texans, which we will talk about more next week. Next up, moving on to Coach of the Year. The finalists were Brian Dayball of the Giants, Sean McDermott of the Bills, Doug Peterson of the Jags, 
Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers and Nick Sirianni of the Eagles. This was tough, but I think I'm going to give the nod to Brian Dayball. I don't think he's going to end up winning it, but personally, I do think that he was the right choice for this award because he did more with significantly less. This was a year where people were questioning, is Daniel Jones going to be the guy? They don't really have many receivers on the outside, especially after Sterling Shepard tore his ACL was done for the year. Can Saquon Barkley stay healthy? Who's going to be the defensive star? All of those questions, and yet the Giants not only won double-digit games, but went back to the playoffs for the first time since 2014 and won a playoff game. Sure, their ending was not the way that they wanted it to be, but I think that Brian Dayball has absolutely earned the right to win this award because he did a lot more with less. Moving on to comeback player of the year, we have Saquon Barkley, Giants running back, Christian McCaffrey, 49ers running back, and Geno Smith, Seahawks quarterback. Personally, I love me some Saquon. And I would like to see him win it, but in truth, I do think Geno Stone, I mean, Geno Smith is going to end up taking it home. Like he said, after week one against the Broncos, they wrote me off and I didn't write back. Though over the course of the season, he did kind of have some spotty moments and he looked like the old Geno. Overall, he still broke franchise records in passing yards and completion percentages. You have to acknowledge that and give him credit for it and got the Seahawks to the playoffs in a year where nobody expected them to make it. So I got to show love to Geno. I think that quarterbacks usually get the nod and I think that's going to be the instance in this case. Next up. AP Defensive Rookie of the Year, we have Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hutchinson, and Tariq Wollin. I think Sauce is going to win. I think he's actually going to run away with this award. No offense to Aiden Hutchinson, who had a stellar rookie year, who I think we need to talk about more just in general. But I think Sauce, I mean, people were talking about Sauce as if he was a top five corner in the league already. And while I don't know if I'd go that far, no one can deny that he put forth a tremendous year this past season. And I think that the sky's the limit as to how much better he really can be. And even though he didn't have a whole bunch of picks, I mean, he still led the league in pass deflections. He really did a great job of keeping top wide receivers in check for the most part. And he deserves to be commended for that. Next up, AP Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, I'm sorry. With Brock Purdy, 49ers cornerback, Kenneth Walker, Seahawks running back, and then Garrett Wilson, Jets wide receiver. In this instance, though Brock Purdy has been the sexiest name down the stretch, I'm going to nod to Kenneth Walker. Um, he's somebody who saw a little bit of time early in the season, but then when Rashad Penny got hurt, which unfortunately has been the story of his career, he absolutely took over. And that's something I think deserves to be desired because if you take away that run game and what he provided, I don't think the Seahawks have overall the success that they had this year. Brock Purdy, like I said, he had a tremendous showing during the final weeks of the regular season going into the playoffs. Um, it's about his UCL injury. Hopefully he can come back and be better than ever. Does he start in San Francisco? I have no idea. But he has earned the right to compete for that job. And then Garrett Wilson, I mean, he started from the beginning of the season to the end. And while he's absolutely deserving of winning this award, I just am more impressed with what Kenneth Walker was able to do. All right, moving on to AP Offensive Player of the Year. We have Tyreek Hill, wide receiver for the Dolphins. Jalen Hurts, quarterback for the Eagles. Justin with Jefferson, my boy, Vikings wide receiver, and Patrick Mahomes, uh, Chiefs quarterback. Y'all already know who I'm going to say. It's got to be Jay Jettis. Led the league in receptions, led the league in receiving yards, broke several records, not just league-wide, but also franchise records held by the great Randy Mosses and, of course, Chris Carters. I mean, I've pretty much said everything that needs to be said of Jay Jettis. He gave his all week in and week out and obviously looked like the best receiver in the league. And I think that under Kevin O'Connell, if they can just get 
continue that creativity of moving him around the line of scrimmage and putting him in so many different places, allowing him to get open and use his athleticism to make those plays on top of already having great hands. Justin Jefferson can be the best receiver in the league for a long, long time, and I think that he's winning this award will absolutely put be the cherry on top of what has been a terrific season. Defensive player of the year with candidates being Nick Bosa for the 49ers, Chris Jones of the Chiefs, and Michael Parsons for the Cowboys. I got Nick Bosa. I think that while Chris Jones is terrific and absolutely could win this award, uh, Michael Parsons is explosive, did a little bit of everything for the Cowboys. I think you take him off of this defense and it's a different story. I think Nick Bosa is going to end up walking away with it. I mean, 18 and a half sacks is terrific, especially considering this is, what, just his third or fourth year? Still very young and still has so much room to grow. And mind you, when you look at that defensive line, I mean, Eric Armstead has shown some potential, but you're not really sure. Javon Kinlaw hasn't exactly panned out. Drake Jackson, the rookie they drafted, he's been fine. But everybody knows it's the Nick Bosa show, and no one has been able to slow him down. He's got in a sack, and I believe the stat was – 15 games, at least one sack, that's ridiculous. Especially at this high of a level, you're going up against these awesome offensive linemen, and then Nick Bosa just proved to be better than all of them. So I think he takes away uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And finally, MVP. Finalists being Josh Allen for the Bills, Joe Burrow for the Bengals, Jalen Hurts of the Eagles, Jay Jettis for the Vikings, and Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. Obviously, I'm going Patrick Mahomes. I think that... This was a year where there were so many questions revolving around, well, what is Patrick Mahomes going to look like without Tyree Kill? Can he lead this offense? Is he going to be the same guy? No, he wasn't the same guy. He was better. While he wasn't making all those off-kilter 50-plus yard bombs down the field, he's been much better at reading defenses and being able to get everyone involved. We saw great years from Travis Kelsey, obviously, but also we saw great years from guys like Jarek McKinnon, who really came on at the back end of the season. MVS had a terrific year as well. Same goes for Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Kadarius Tony was showing some flashes as well when he got the chance to play. And so because that is just Patrick Mahomes was a point guard. He spread the ball out to everybody and really helped to make the team better. Then you factor in his athleticism, his ability to run the ball, get out of pressure situations to make those off-kilter crazy throws. And, I mean, I think it's pretty easy. Patrick Mahomes for sure is this league's MVP. But, all right, let's go ahead and move on to our NBA discussion. We have the return of a very special guest. He joined me last week for the Royal Rumble predictions, and now he's back. Unfortunately, I do not have a clever tagline for him this week, so it is my embryo, my main man, my home dog, Chris Waters. How you doing, Chris? How's the womb? <laughs> yeah, I thought you didn't have a clever line. I'm doing good. Uh, how are you doing today? You know, shout out to Mount Dew and Naps. Pushing you, girl. Hey, you know, oh yeah, we're doing a shout out. Shout out to uh, Jack Daniels. Okay. Q. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that Jack for the show. I I don't think you need to. I think that this is a fun, calming experience. I don't know why you need alcohol to get through. <laughs> this is a calm and smooth experience. But people, it's 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 when it's when the show ends. She she hops on my head, everybody. That's cap. I do not. How can I hop on the head of someone in the womb? I can't even reach your heads. Come on now. All right. All right. Anyway. All right. (laughs) 
So I'm not sorry. I meant what I said. Uh, but yeah, so last week, like I said, Embryo joined me for our WWE discussion. But this week, as an avid Grizzlies fan, he's going to join me for the NBA discussion as well. And we are going to talk whether or not the Phoenix Suns should decide to move on from CP3, as well as the impact of the um, Stephen Adams injury on the Grizzlies. And then we're going to talk some interesting plot points for Believable or Buffoonery, such as... Or have NBA fans become too entitled? But before we get to any of that, I know that this is so out of order because I'm recording the NFL part and the NBA parts differently, but y'all be okay. Please sure check out the export.net, our peak export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly in previous episodes of our lovely podcast and um, previous uh, new episodes on YouTube. You ready? Yeah, always ready. I'm ready. Okay. I hope you are. All right, so starting things off, as I mentioned at the top, let's be honest, the Phoenix Suns season has not exactly been what they wanted to. Right now, they're 27-25. and 25. Devin Booker still remains on the bench. And after going through a pretty tough spell, there have been 6-4 and four in their last few games. However, there is one player who could potentially be on the move. Mark Stein of Substack reported that the Phoenix Suns have started to assess their future without Chris Paul. A few guys whose names have been brought up in the mix are the likes of Terry Rozier, Emmanuel Quickly, Fred Van Vliet, to name a few. Uh, so, so far this season, Chris Ball's not having an overall bad year, over averaging 14.5 points, 4.4 boards, 8.7 assists, and shooting a solid 45% from the field. But he is getting a bit up there in age at 37. I believe in you. I know you have opinions on just about everything. What is your opinion on Chris Paul? Should the Phoenix Suns move on and go younger, or should they, they thug it out with Paul for the next until the end of his contract? Um. So, <clears throat> do you know how long he has on his contract? Hmm. Do you know how long he has on his contract? I want to say three years, but start talking. And I'll look it up. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, well, I think it depends because I think overall they don't have a bad team. I just think there's a lot going on, especially, you know, higher up in management. And I think one of the main problems is just Aiden. Like, I think everybody knows he don't want to be there. That's one of the problems. And, but, uh, you know, Chris Paul, even in getting up there in age, his game is still going to be oh, good. Cause it's not like he's a huge top scorer. You know, he's still good at passing. He can do everything the right way. But, um. I would say yes, but I wouldn't know who you would trade him to. Um, that's the question, you know. And just to push the subject, if you're going to trade Chris Paul, why aren't you trading Jay Crowder? You know, um, mm. you because, I mean, we would love to get, like, just a Memphis Grizzly fan, we would love to have somebody like him. We would love another vet that can play D and um, shoot the three ball as well. But let me stay on top. Chris Paul, yes, you can trade him, but, I mean, I guess you can trade him for picks, but – at the same time, who do you replace him with? Like, even with all this, it's just so many great point guards in the league right now. But, like, you can't just uh, find somebody better than Chris Paul. You know, and uh, I, I just feel like, you know, let, let their team get fully healthy and see what you can do because they still have a great team. I don't have them winning the championship or nothing like that. I think that window is closed. But, like, they still have a great team. And if you do trade Paul, um, well, I forgot of if uh, Aiden, has a no trade clause right now in his contract. I can't remember, but if you're going to trade Chris Paul, you might as well just blow it all up and um, try to rebuild around Devin Booker. But at that point, would Devin Booker even want to stay? You know, because Devin Booker been there a long time, and I remember when the Suns was trash and Devin Booker was there, and now they're a pretty good team, made it to the finals. Um, yeah, they made it, yeah, they made it to the finals. And um, 
I don't know. It's just tough because you can't just replace Chris Paul. All right, so to answer your question, he's just in the second year of his deal. So after this year, he has two more deals. Uh, but his final year where he's slated to make 30 mil, uh, it does not become fully guaranteed until June 28th. So I could potentially see them being like, you know what, we're going to get rid of you before that or cut you before him. Um, but then that kind of begs, brings me to the point of – DeAndre Aiden is definitely someone who we've talked about for a long time by him not wanting to be there. I mean, he almost went to the Indiana Pacers before the Suns matched his offer sheet, which I was kind of surprised by because it still seems like there's – I don't know if animosity is the right word. That feels a bit harsh. But there still seems to be a little bit of tension between him and the front office and Monty Williams. So I'm still kind of surprised that he is there. But, I mean, in the case of Chris Paul, I just think that – like you you said that you feel like their title window is closed, and I think so too, but if that's the case, why hold on to dead weight, for lack of a better term? I think that we've, we've obviously seen the best out of Chris Paul that we're going to get. And I think that while you bring up a good point of who would you replace him with, I think that you could find someone who is consistent and kind of can develop up to that point. I think a Fred Van Vliet would be a great addition. However, if, are the Raptors going to want to take on that massive Chris Paul contract? I think that's more so what's going to keep him in Phoenix rather than them not wanting to trade him just because he's making so much money. You know, and, uh, that's a great point. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely feel like the Raptors wouldn't take him. Um but yeah, like Fred Van Fleet, if I said his name correctly, I'd be botching his name. He would be actually a great addition to the Suns. But um, unless a young team, you know, like OKC did, OKC had him for a while, you know, and he played one for OKC, made their team a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe a young team, because I know sometimes young teams need that vet in the locker room. Just like I say, again, Grizzlies, we need that vet. I, have, I love we got Danny Green, because he's a vet, you know, so. And uh, Stephen Adams as well, but um, yeah, I just don't see. I, I agree with you. Like, I feel like that contract, not knowing the contract, like I don't know. I just, I just don't see a team that a team that's in the running right now for a championship or close. I don't see them needing Chris Paul because a lot of these teams already have decent or great point guards. Yeah, feel you on that. So that does kind of beg the question of, I don't know if the. The Thunder will be a solid idea because, I mean, they do need um, a veteran presence. And like you said, he's been there before. But, like, even, like, kind of assessing, like, I can't even think of, like, a really good fit for Chris Paul. Like, the easy answer, like, maybe the Lakers because they still have some point guard issues. But it's like, why would you add Chris Paul who's not making your team vehemently better? And then I don't think that the Suns would be made drastically better if they were to get Russell Westbrook. So I literally can't think of a team that's like, yes, that's where CP3 should go. Yeah, but the Lakers, the, yeah, the Lakers are not a championship team right now. But the Lakers are actually playing good basketball. They just like a lot of their games they've been losing are close. And we got screwed and against the Celtics, up. but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. I, I didn't watch the game, but I looked at the replay. The first people said he traveled. He did not travel. He just he got fouled. But um. Um, I don't know. I'm like, like I know people hated Westbrook, but Westbrook is actually playing his role. He's he's not been that bad, you know, coming off the bench. And yeah, you could put Chris. Let's say somehow the Lakers found a way, maybe put another team there to get Chris Paul. Is like, does Chris Paul make them a championship team, or are they still kind of in the same spot? You know what I mean? Like, do do y'all really need a Chris Paul? You have LeBron. 
I don't and think like, you need a, I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't think you need a Chris Paul because, like we all know, Chris Paul is like on the step above being glass. He's very unreliable in the terms of staying healthy. And we've already had that with Anthony Davis. And then LeBron James has had his own recent health concerns, but also he's 38 and has a massive workload. So that's why I'm like, I wouldn't want to bring him in. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But continuing on with the Phoenix Suns, you mentioned it a bit ago, but Jay Crowder is another guy who potentially is going to be on the move. And it's reported that the Milwaukee Bucks have put in an offer for Crowder, which included uh, Jordan Awara, Serge Ibaka, George Hill, and two second-round draft compensation. While it's clear that the Suns have not um, accepted that trade because obviously we would have talked about it, but do you think that Dre Crowder would be a good fit on the Milwaukee Bucks? I, when I look at the Milwaukee Bucks, I just don't see anything they're bad at. They're good at defense. Of course, they're good offensively. They're good at the three ball. I don't – I mean, I guess, you know, you could always want that extra player, you know, just in case somebody get hurt. But, I, I mean, I see them as still just being their regular – like, this, not, they're not a regular team, but if you get Drake Crowder, you're still the same team. You know, you're still able to go win a championship. I don't see him just – all making them the huge favors that they get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see other teams like, um, again, like if Grizzlies get him, yes, I love it. That's a veteran, that's 3 and D guy. Love it. Or if, um, what's another team? He, he can help a whole lot of teams more than just the Milwaukee Bucks. Maybe even Miami, if Miami got him. You know, Miami going through a lot of stuff right now, but I feel like they got Trey, Jay Crowder. He'll help them out a little bit. I think uh, so, too. The Milwaukee Bucks don't need him. In my personal opinion, I don't think they need him. I don't think if they get him, he puts them on a whole nother level. I don't see that. Yeah, I would agree with you. I don't think he's necessary or needed there. But, I mean, he provides an upgrade over what they have in, like, a Sergi Baca, who, as we saw, like, would be included in that trade. So, I don't hate it, um, but I don't think it's a necessity. But, he, like you said, he provides a great 3 and D option. And, like you mentioned, I think Memphis is probably one of the best fits for him, but it's like, what is Memphis willing to give up to get him? Oh, we have a lot of – come on now. We have all them picks, some of these young players. I, we, we will find something to give up for him. I don't see us giving up a major piece, but a lot of these teams, and let's say for the sake of it, uh, the Phoenix Suns are about to try to get in the rebuild. You want some of these younger players, and you want some of these draft picks, which the Grizzlies, Grizzlies have. Grizzlies have a lot of draft picks. Uh, I don't know how many. I have to do that research. But uh, like the Grizzlies have draft picks, and we have some nice young players. And I feel like, you know, if come down to it, we're willing to bring it because – for a championship team, that's what the Grizzlies are shooting for now, to be a championship team, and not to switch it to the Grizzlies subject. But most of the championship teams, you have homegrown talent. A lot of them, like the Warriors, you know, the Warriors, you have homegrown talent, but you also made trades at the end to make your team that team to win the championship. And sooner or later, the Grizzlies are going to have to do that. I love our team. I like where we're at. But sooner or later, we're going to have to make a trade or two to get those two other players. I don't think we need another superstar or anything like that. We just need another little two players. I'm thinking about two least guards. I want two least um, D, uh, three and D people, uh, D and three um, players, which Drake Crowder is one of them. I can't think of another one right now, but uh, I would like something like that to push to put us over the top because in this NBA right now, you're going against a lot of guards, and Ja is not the best defender. Dylan, he's a great defender, but hey. Uh, great offense beat great defense all the time. I see it. So when you look at people like the Warriors 
um, the Pelicans. Um, I can't think of all the teams right now. You're like you're gonna need some more D and three. And uh, I watch enough Grizzly games to know we need some help at the three point line. So um, it's just tough. Like uh, like the West is just tough. Like the whole NBA, the whole NBA has a lot of great teams. It can go any type of way. It all depends on um, seeding. So just to answer your question about draft picks, y'all got a one and two twos this upcoming draft. And then you got two ones and two twos in next year's draft. So. Like, well, we, can, we don't need all those. I mean, we've been doing great with draft picks. With drafting, we've been doing wonderful. But I feel like we found our core pieces. We found them, and sometimes you got to give up some of those just to go get what you need to win now. Because I think at the point right now, we had a win-now mentality. We have we have the core. Now it's time to get all the other pieces together so you can make a run for the championship because windows don't always last as long as people think they do. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to a window. So Miles Turner, for the lack of a better word, everybody's been seeing, waiting on pin hands and needles just to see when he's going to get traded. Like it just seems he's another one of those guys kind of similar to DeAndre Aiden where it just seems that at some point he's going to be moved. However, that gets a bit more complicated after last week it was reported by Wolves that he signed a two-year $60 million extension with the Indiana Pacers. While this may seem like a vote of confidence from the team in Turner that they do want to build around him, that doesn't exactly mean he's going to stay put. So let's say two years from now, will he still be an Indiana Pacer or will he be somewhere else? Because I think he's going to be somewhere else. Um, I think he'll be somewhere else. Um, for the past couple seasons, couple years, like Indiana, they haven't had nice teams, you know, but they haven't been on their cups of winning anything since the Paul George days when that team was together. Which was a wild squad. That 2014 Pacers team. Yes. You hear what you just said, 2014. That's probably like the last time they was at the cups of winning. And then they had uh, Oladipo for a while. And, like, I like, I like Turner. I really do. I don't think he's going to be there long. Um, I, I don't see you – you can build a team around him that's not a championship team. It's just not. Um, he's not on that level, in my personal opinion. But, like, um, I don't think he's going to be that long. I think they just wanted to give him his money. But I think Indiana Indiana needs to just go ahead and get in this full rebuild stage, you know. They're trying to hold on to something that's not even there. You just go ahead and start rebuilding. Um, There's a lot of young talent coming through the draft. And, like, talent has just been wild. Like, people are just on whole other levels, on whole other levels now. So, Go ahead and start rebuilding. Get yourself a nice little team. Get your uh, make your front office do their job. Get, get some good drafts. Uh, I don't think he's gonna be there. They're probably gonna trade him for some draft picks. Yeah, I think he's gonna get moved too. Like I just think the frustration is gonna continue to mount, and he's gonna be out the door. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to injury news, which nobody wants to talk about, but it needs to be done. Otto Porter Jr., forward for the Toronto Raptors, is out for the remainder of the year after undergoing season-ending foot surgery. And this is one that hits close to home for Grizzlies fans. Steven Adams has a PCL sprain in his in his knee and is expected to be sidelined for the next three to five weeks. Now, just so y'all know, Lamar Jackson also was told he had a PCL sprain and he missed quite a bit of time so I hope the same is not for Steven Adams but you're a Grizzlies fan what's it going to be like not having Steven Adams in that lineup 
Oh, it's gonna be tough because he does things nobody like takes stats uh, about. Like he you know his his um, screens, um, of course his rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't look at him to be a scorer, but his offensive rebounding is amazing. Which sometimes that allows him to get you know easy layups. Mm-hmm. Which will hit a close game. All them two pointers really do count. So um, it's gonna be tough, but we still got good big men. You know, we still got Brandon Clark, which I love. Um, he he knows how to do his job. Him and Stephen Adams, they know how to do their job perfectly. Um, I like um, you know, of course, Jared Jackson is still in there. He just got to stay out of foul trouble, but we still have him. Um, and it's just we'll be all right. Like uh, one thing I love, which we still lost, is when we played against your LA Lakers. Like uh, we we really did our best with rebounding. We did a great job. We did everything to win that game, but lost. <laughs> like we did everything to win, but we still lost. So, um. I think we'll be fine. Uh, I just don't want him to rush back. I want him to get full. I just want him to get healthy. Plus, we got the All Star break coming up, so that helps a little bit. But um, I think we'll be all right. I'm not that worried. Um, our team seems when people get injured, our team seems to always get get together and still get wins. So uh, I'm I'm not that worried about it. We love to see the faith you have in your team. And now moving on to a team that I have faith in, or more specifically, I have faith in Jimmy Butler. But it is the Miami Heat, who right now are in an interesting point of transition. Um, as it stands, they are the sixth team in the Eastern Conference with a 29-23 and record. However, Jeff Van Gundy believes that their play, their championship window is on the verge of collapse. He said they can't win a championship with this roster, but they're not bad enough to get a high pick. So this is where they are. So... Where do you feel the the gym, I mean the Miami Heat are right now? Do you think they're closer to being a championship team, or do you think they're closer to being on the on the side of rebuilding? Um, that's tough because I don't want to say they're close to being. Uh, the only way they'll start rebuilding is maybe trade, but I don't think they're going to win the championship. I just don't. Um, maybe depending on seating, but I just don't see them. That's tough because they're 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 a good team and well coached. I feel like the window is closed. Um, I definitely don't think they're about to rebuild, but it just depends on seating. Like, do you do you have them beating uh, a Milwaukee this year or no. the Nets? No. Do you have them beat the Nets this year? Do you well, well, you know what? They can beat the Nets if the Nets do what they always do and get hurt around the playoffs. Well, do you have them beat Boston? No. So. Well, hold on. If I've been correct, didn't they like get? Uh, didn't like Miami go seven games to Boston last year? Uh, lost by a shot. Jimmy Butler missed the. Uh, I think it was a three pointer. Let's let's look it up with the trusty <laughs> dusty up. internet. <laughs> they went. Yep, they went to seven games. You go. Look at you, clappity clap clap in the conference finals. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, if you come one shot away, okay, last year you you was one shot away from going to the finals. So I think that's just wrong by me to say your championship window is closed. But I do think their best chance was against the Lakers in the bubble, and Jimmy Butler played his heart out. They just lost. It was just that simple. They had injuries too, but um, I'm not gonna say the window is closed. I just don't have them winning this year. I guess it depends what they do in the offseason or a trade deadline. They could change my opinion. Um, but I definitely don't think they're in a rebuild. I don't I don't think that at all. 
So let's say this at the end of this season, they have a second round playoff exit. What do you do? Do you try to add to this team, get some help for Bam and Jimmy Butler? Do you maybe trade those guys away to kind of start over? Because I think that if they do have another year where, for lack of a better word, they underachieve, I think that's when you have to ask those tough questions and really start making a change towards one direction. You can't just keep staying in the middle because in that sense, you're just wasting Jimmy Butler's time and the potential of guys like a Tyler Hero and um, Bam Adebayo. I say if it came down to that second um, or first, second or first round exit, I would say when you go into the offseason, see what you can get the add to the team. And let's say they add something, I don't know. And I will go into the next season seeing how we perform at the beginning of the season. And if it goes just bad or it's kind of in the same spot, maybe then you can start thinking about trying to blow it up at the trade deadline and uh, rebuild it. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you on that. Like I said, I have a lot of faith in Jimmy Butler. He's one of my favorite players in the league. So I do hope, you know, that they are able to turn it around. But right now, I'm, I'm kind of – I don't see them winning a championship this year. And unless they make pretty big roster moves, like Kyle Lowry has to go. They have to get an upgraded point guard. It's just that simple. And But until they do that, I just can't really see them – I can't really see them making those strides forward. But, all right, let's go ahead move on to the the All-Star game, which is going to take place in a few weeks, Sunday, February 19th, 7.30 Eastern time. And for the first time ever, the All-Star draft will take place before the game. How do you like that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's different. Um you telling me you well? I guess it will still be. I, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, you would like to know who you're playing with before it happens, but um, yeah. um, you know, know who you're dealing with. Maybe you can uh, talk to them or not. You know, but it's about fun. You know, the All Star game. So we'll just see how it goes. Uh, I'm not sure how it's gonna go. I guess it's gonna be like. I guess it's gonna be like a regular pickup game at that point. And look, I'll admit, maybe I'm approved. But I don't really like it. Like, I feel like it's more fun kind of having the anticipation of the draft being its own separate thing. And then you got a couple of days to kind of build it up and kind of get the trash talk. And then you have the game itself. I feel like All-Star Weekend is already long enough. So I don't see the benefit of doing it all in that same day. You know what I'm saying? And like... And while it will be a pickup game, I don't think it's going to be as good of a game because the players aren't going to have time to kind of mesh together and kind of figure things out because they're just going to be like thrown on the court. I'm like, all right, here you go. So I think it's not that the all-star game is like a, a good game in general in terms of like fundamentals, but I feel like it's going to be a bit more muddied and a bit more complicated, like in terms of doing substitutions and things like that. But you got to think about it this way. I'm just thinking about it as, uh, well, of course, I wasn't a pro basketball player. I never played on a team. But just yeah, thinking about it, I know a lot of them, like, played at the park and stuff. So that's probably bringing back memories for them. And, you know, it's not, it's not going to be the first time they played a pickup game. No, of course not. Not going to be the first time ever. And it might bring back some memories for them. Like, hey, we ain't did this a lot in a long time. You know what I mean? Because think about them. If they go to play a pickup game right now, they're the first ones getting picked. Well, now egos get involved. Like, man, this is a pickup game. You didn't pick me first. 
Yeah. What? You pick me after him, then that's the last person. So I'm the last one. That's the, I'm, I'm going to this team? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to show y'all something real quick. Now, my question is, how are they going to do it? Are they going to do it, like, in the arena in front of everybody? And then be like, all right, y'all got half an hour to warm up. We going to start playing? Or is it going to be, like, televised and then they'll have a few hours beforehand? Because if they're going to do it, I'd rather them do it, like, right before the game. Because I feel like that would yes. make it. Like, the, like you said, the last player picked, I feel like they will have more of an edge. Like, yes. Yes, I, I would love. I would love. I want to be just like that. But yeah, no. I think not. To say I think it's gonna be bad. It's just like I said. I'm I'm a traditionalist, so I'd rather it be beforehand. But it's all good. So let's go ahead and move on to who those All Star Game starters will be. Out of the Western Conference, it is going to be LeBronathan, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, and uh, Zion Williamson, with LeBron as the captain. The Eastern starters are going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Donovan Mitchell. Now, before we further dive into this, of the West starters and the East starters, who has the better five? The better five? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably say the East. I'm going to say the West, and you want to know why? Why? Because Kevin Durant is hurt. So, technically, that's my buyout. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's my buyout. <laughs> so, Wes, yes, Wes. I changed. I forgot. Kevin. He won't be back before the uh-huh. I'm not going to lie. If I'm the Nets, I'd be kind of salty. It was like, so you didn't play for over a month for us, but then you played for the All-Star game? You're right. Yeah, I'm going to take the West. I'm going to take the West, even though one of those players don't deserve to be a starter. Which is a leads to our next segue, and that is, does Zion Williamson deserve to be a starter? Charles Barkley talked about uh, Williamson being named a starter, said, I would have went with Sabonis or marketing. I don't think you can miss 20 games in the first half and be a starter. I don't think that's fair. And I don't think so either. Don't get me wrong. Zion was balling before he got hurt multiple times, Mamba player of the week on the show. But it's like, once again, he's been hurt a lot. And we all know he's the best player in New Orleans. It's been a major dip in their production since he's been off the court. But, I mean, Lori Marketing and um, DeMontis Sabonis, week in and week out, have been doing it and have been doing it at a very high rate. Sure, they're not as sexy or flashy as Zion Williamson's game, but I think they should be starters over Zion. No, they should. They should. But that's not what All-Star is about. It's about being flashy and fancy. It's a popularity you know, popular contest. Vote. And, yeah, yeah, the popular vote. So, it's going to be Zion off the bat. But, if like, the NBA, which I think they used to do it back then. They, like, the players and coaches used to choose everything. Like, um, Zion wouldn't have been the starter. You no. know, they definitely deserve to start over him. But I do get the fans' vote and – um and uh, you know you want to see you want to see uh, who you want to see. You know what I mean. You want to see who's going to do something flashy and all that, which Zion probably will. So if he plays, I get it. But he, he if, if he plays, you're right. If he plays, but no, he, did he deserve to be a starter? No. But I get why he. I get why he's there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like you said, like I get it. I don't like it, but I understand. And so now it leads to the question of, well, who were some of the biggest snubs in terms of the starting lineup? For example, Kyle Kuzma said, not going to lie, Joel Embiid not starting his nuts. 
Um, Chet Holbrook, Crazy. when discussing uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander not being started, he said, shaking my head, we all know he deserves it. Then you have other guys like Ja, AD, Demonte Simonis, another one, and Jalen Brown, among many others who could be in that conversation. So in your opinion, who do you think is the biggest snub? Because I would say Shea. Who you think? Shea Gilgis Alexander. That man's been going crazy this season. I know his team sucks, but he's been great. Yeah, his team sucks. That's probably why. Um, I'm not going to say AD because he's been injured. Yes, you know, that's he was true. He's like crazy. Um, I would love to say job, but it's just hard to be over Steph right now. It's just hard. It's mm-hmm. like, they, I, don't, I really don't know. I don't really consider us rivals, but. Some people consider Grizzlies and the Warriors rivals, and it's like Jai and Steph, and now Steph didn't beat you with being the starter. But um, Joe Embiid is probably the biggest one for me. Um, Joe Embiid, like, I'm surprised he hasn't even been uh, the MVP of the league yet. The guy balls every year. He does everything to be the MVP and still hasn't won. I know you got the Joker and all that, but, like, geez, like, what does he have to do? But, Stay um, healthy. That's a good start. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that would be a good start. But uh, I say Joe, Joe Allen B. That's probably about it. The rest, I can, I can, I get why. I mean, okay. I kind of get Joel as well, but I say he's the biggest one. So who do you take out of Joel's? Who do you take out of the starting lineup to replace him? Giannis is keeping his spot. I'd have probably <laughs> seen. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, I mean, for yeah, okay, yeah, obviously. But okay, let's say Kevin Durant is healthy. Do you keep him in over Joel Embiid? Yeah, you can't take Kevin Durant. Uh, who was the uh, Kyrie Irving and Donovan Mitchell? Well, I guess you can't really take anybody out. I mean, it's just tough because there's so much talent in the NBA. You know, regardless if you try to make the best picks possible, somebody's going to be considered snub. Right. This, that's absolutely right, because in the case of Shay, I mean, personally, I'm, of course, Zion should be taken out and replaced with a big man. But if we're not replacing with a big man, I think Shay should have got it. Or between him and Steph, I think I would go Shay over Steph. Not because he's had an overall better season or anything, but he's been around. Steph missed a lot of time with his injury. And and so I think Shea has been in there game in and game out. But, I mean, hey, it don't matter. Both of them are going to get drafted. And I hopefully. Mean, that, means, that means you should probably say that with Ja. Because Ja didn't play more games and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's definitely an argument to be made. But as we all know, it's a popularity contest. So let's be honest. A player from the Thunder ain't winning no popularity contest. Is Not at all. No. Not at all. Unless your name was Kevin Durant. Or Russell Westbrook in a heyday? Nah, it's not happening. Yep, you're right. But let's go ahead and move on to our game of believable or buffoonery. And some of these I'm really interested to give here your opinions because they, they, they lead to some interesting conversations. So, first things first, starting from Greg Popovich, and he was asked about the current state of the NBA. He said, it's much more difficult to play defense. I've said before, I'm just hoping that the league ends up with a four-point shot or a five-point shot so we can make it a real circus. Now, I'm sure he's being sarcastic, but for the sake of conversation, believable or buffoonery, the NBA should implement a four-point or five-point line. Yes, I said a four-point. Not a five-point, but I mean... 
folks who know all these deep threes just want to look real pretty. My bad, uh, I didn't know if you could hear me. But yeah, um, all right, but yeah, uh, people are shooting from the from the half court nowadays. You got stuff and Dame shooting way um, just far from the three point line. I think I think the four point line would be good. I don't know about a five. I'm not sure about that, um, but I would I wouldn't be against a four point line, but I don't see it happening. I don't, but um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind a four point line at all. Uh, I'm gonna say believable as well. I think like Pop mentioned, I mean it has become such a circus. I mean players are even now unprovoked shooting so far behind the three point line. It's actually kind of insane, but I do think it will become more of a circus in the sense of if they create that. You know, players are going to be in a race to get those. Even if they yeah, can't, aren't even the best shooters, they're going to try to get it. And while it can make change the turning point of the game, which will be interesting, I do think it is going to get kind of jumbled. But I could see the NBA doing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it just be a lot of stuff that changes it. Then, you know, again, like how it is already, leads really won't be safe at that point. Because no. what if you got a stealth or a dame? They could probably, depending on where they put the four point line, can easily shoot from it. So it would definitely be interesting. And then you think it was hard to defend now. Imagine fouling somebody at the four point line. Oh, that's good. And they suck. hit. And then they hit. It's a five point play. Yes. You know what? You're absolutely right. You be saying words that make a lot of sense. So, yeah, no, you really can't. <laughs> you have to be worried about any and everybody. All right, moving on to the next question, which uh, comes from the words of Kevin Durant. Um, in a recent interview with ESPN's Nick Friddle, he talked about the current state of the NBA as well as fans and said, fans have become more entitled than anything. So they're starting to question our motives for the game or how we approach the game. The ones that do question, like, who are you? Me and Ethan have talked about this quite a bit, and I think that it's very believable what Kevin Durant said, but believable or buffoonery. NBA fans have become too entitled. What do you think? Uh, believable, but I think it depends on the subject. Uh, like, the stuff they yell at players, some of them go, uh, they cross the line because they think they're safe. They know the players can't touch them. Shannon you know. <laughs> you know he was wrong. And I'm not, look, I, I respect Shannon Sharp. I know he's a Hall of Fame, one of the greatest tight ends ever, but he was wrong. And everybody named Mama knows if he was not Shannon Sharp, he would have been kicked out of state, I'm sorry, whatever, crypto.com arena and never been able to come back. Everybody knows this. That's true. I just tried to get that game because I really wanted us to win just so we could rub it in his face, but we lost. We lost. But, uh, but, um, still a great game, by the way. But, uh, yeah, uh, they're they're inside in that sense, but at the same time, fans still lose a little bit as well because a lot of players don't be injured, and um, I hear it be the teams that make a lot of players rest. But it's been a big subject in debate where some people probably save all their money up for this one of a lifetime chance to see a player play, but they're resting that night. Yeah, you know, so the fans lose at that point. And I'm not sure the accuracy, but I know um, I read one of the quotes they talked about Kobe. was like, Kobe wants to play just about every game. Cause he was like, well, somebody say it up just to see me play. Yes. I would like to see people um, – I would love to see, you know, players – which I know they can't control everything. If you're injured, you're injured. But I would love to see players play more. I know it's easier said than done, but a lot of people save their money just to see people play. You know what I mean? I would hate to go to a Grizzly game and not see Ja play. And he better like, play in March. Exactly. He's always against uh, the Mavericks. Most likely, he's playing. He but um, but yeah, um, it is believable. Uh, 
fans are super entitled nowadays. They get a little thing they want. Like, come on, they voted Zion in, and he didn't deserve it. But get the fans voted him in. So, the fans, but I mean, at the same time, hey, the fans keep the money going. So, you got to get the fans what they want. You know, I'm not saying let them be rude or anything, but you can't just, you know, not make the fans happy. I think it's a difference between making fans happy and fans going out of their way to be mad at Noxious. Like, the biggest example of this was, I don't know if you remember this, it was like a game or two ago, and I think the Lakers were playing the Pacers. And it was fans courtside, like, talking bad to LeBron, which, you know, happens all the time. Like, they were saying stuff about Bronny and how they wanted him to get in a car accident. Like, that stuff is ridiculous. Yeah, that's out of line. See, that's out of line. They should be banned for, I don't care if you're drinking or not, they should be banned for pretty much for life. Yeah. Like, cause why are you why, why are you even doing it? It's, it's lines that you can cross. We Like, you look at NBA players, like, yeah, they might all be pretty much millionaires, but they're still human. And to talk about somebody's kid, and I'm pretty sure there's other scenarios with other stuff, too. Oh, for sure. But to talk about somebody's kid and all that, that's just, no. That, yeah. That's crossing the line. Yeah, just because you paid all that money for that courtside seat, please don't think that you can just treat these people like animals, because that's not the case. It's one thing to criticize exactly. a player and be like, they can't stay healthy or they're not good or this or that. That's one thing. But when you are publicly berating them and disrespecting them as human beings, that's when it's like, nah, you got you to gotta go. But so yeah, I agree. Look at us being in agreement. Okay, two for two. All right, moving on to my Lakers and one of my all It's not gonna last. It's not gonna last. It's not gonna last. Shut up. See, don't even say that. Why are you bringing that negativity over here? But let's go ahead and talk Magic Johnson, one of my all-time favorite players. And he discussed the Lakers' recruitment of Kawhi Leonard before he ultimately ended up going to the Los Angeles Clippers and reaffirmed that he could have gotten Kawhi in L.A. He said in an interview, he said, oh, I would have had Kawhi. Look, when I come in to close the deal, it's done. He added, I do my homework and research. So when I get you in that room, I already know what you want and I'm just going to lay it out to you. So I knew what LeBron wanted. I laid it out to him. I would have known what Kawhi wanted. I would have laid it out to him as well. Unfortunately, Magic was not involved in the deal and thus it didn't happen. But believable or buffoonery, had Magic Johnson been a part of Kawhi's recruitment, Kawhi would have been a Laker. Because I'm going to call buffoonery. Big I want to say before, but didn't the Lakers pretty much have Kawhi and uh, Magic went on the social media and said we got him, and that changed the whole scenario? I could have sworn that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but um, I could have sworn the Lakers they had Kawhi, but Kawhi is a very private person. He didn't do all the details yet, and Magic went on the internet and was like, "Yeah, we got him" or something like that. Yeah, they made him change his whole scenario and go to the Clippers. I'm no, still gonna I don't say know before, nothing about that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Let, let, let me back it back because, you know, let, maybe I'm wrong, you know. So I do my redo research with that. But um, I still say buffoonery. I don't think Kawhi, he, I don't think he's an ego guy, but at the same time, I don't know if he wants to just play with LeBron. LeBron's kind of his rival at the time. And um, I mean, at that time, he went to the Clippers. Kawhi and LeBron was the only ones to be on two different teams and win finals MVP, if I'm correct. So they were both chasing to be the third ever. And LeBron got it. You know, I mean, Kawhi still hasn't. But uh, I say buffoonery. I say buffoonery. I think Kawhi was going to go to the Clippers regardless. He wanted yeah. to be in L.A., but he didn't want to be in LeBron's shadow. So Clippers is the only place to go. Yeah, you and I are in total agreement. Because it's a difference when you play with LeBron James. No matter how great of a player you may be, and not saying LeBron has played with a whole bunch of great players, but you know the conversation is always going to revolve around LeBron James. 
And I don't think Kawhi Leonard, who is a two, by this point was a two-time NBA, well, wait, two-time finals MVP. Because he won fin- he won the MVP when the Raptors, I mean not Raptors, when the Spurs and he played the second time, right? I think he was. Yep, he, he won one of those times. He won. And then won he won, first, he was the Raptors the MVP. Yep. Yeah, so two-time finals MVP. I'm not coming to be in nobody's shadow. But if he goes to L.A., let's – well, if he goes to the Lakers, everybody knows it's going to be him and LeBron, which is nice, but you already know what the conversation is going to be about. It's going to be all yep. LeBron. Whereas you go to the Clippers, you are the best player that they have arguably had in franchise history. You are a proven <laughs> winner, finals MVP, you're the man. And so you go there, and while, of course, it's not like Kawhi Leonard is going there for the fame, I think that he also got more freedom with the Clippers because he was the hot ticket addition. He was the guy, and so because he was the guy, he's been able to play the way he's wanted to. So I think that played a big role in it. So, yeah, we're both going to say buffoonery on that one. But I do love you, Magic. All right, a couple more for us all said and done. My main girl, Candace Park, you know, she broke my heart not coming back to L.A., um, recently on NBA on TNT, she talked about Giannis Antetokounmpo's potential and said, Giannis, when it's all said and done, is in my top five, referring to the top five players of all time. That's saying a lot, because Giannis is a bad, bad man. But believable or buffoonery, when it's all over, Giannis will be considered a top five player of all time. I'm going to say believable because I guess it always depends on who's your top five. You know, everybody That's has fair. their own personal top five. Um, what Giannis is doing is just the only person we've seen do something like that really was Shaq. So I'm going to say believable uh, because it always depends on your top five. You who's know, your it, top five, Gabriel? Yes, I'm putting you on the spot. Who's your top five? Put me on the spot. You want to hear mine? I, 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 never, I never thought about. I never thought about my top five. Okay, you want me to go while you think about it? Oh, you still gonna put me on the spot? I still have to. Of course, it? yes, obviously. <laughs> well, go ahead, go ahead. Do your top five. Go Kobe ahead. is one. Jordan is two. Now, don't get me wrong. I always have to preface this. I grew up watching Kobe. I never grew up watching Jordan. I can't put somebody number one if I've never seen them in action. Um. Or at least never saw them, experienced it. Three will be Jordan. I mean, not Jordan. Three is LeBron. Four is Kareem. Five is Magic. All right. I like that. I like that. Your turn. <laughs> I was hoping you wasn't going to make me do it. Yo, you have right, to do so, it. I'm going to just do it. When I do my top five, I'm like you. You know, you can say everything you want about the other people. I didn't see them play. You know, I didn't watch them play or don't remember watching them play. So I'm not going to put you in my top five. I'm going to do just my generation of what I went through and what I've seen. Mm-hmm. So... Which, I mean, you've been in the womb for almost 25 years. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. my, number one is, my number one is LeBron. Okay. Um, I will happily go Kobe number two. I have no problem with that. Um, number three, I want to say Kevin Bumba go Steph, only because Steph has more championships. I and mean, let's be honest, will Kevin even have a championship without the Warriors? Who knows? This is up for debate. No. Then Kevin Durant would be number four. Who is my number five? Because I'm just going this like this generation going up. Who will be number five? That's tough. It's a lot of it could be a lot of number fives, honestly. Um I don't know. I don't know who my number five is right now. 
There's you got a number five for my list. Just I mean, for my list. You, your list seems very new. So if we're talking present players. Yeah, I'm talking about present, like my generation, because I'm pretty sure I saw a Jordan game. I just don't remember. So um, like, I'm trying to think I'm of like people I remember. If Dame, well, a CP3. I, mean, I, I, knew, I knew about Shaq. I, I mean, I, I should have put Shaq ahead a couple of them to be honest. But I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna throw Shaq in there because I mean Shaq. Was Where's Shaq at? Where's Shaq go? I just threw him at number five because you threw me on the spot. I got to do my research oh. and come up with a better top five. Mm, okay. People are going to scrutinize this list and be like, who is this you have on this podcast? It's, like, o- it's okay. He, me on the spot. Y'all, listen, he hasn't spot. come out of the womb yet. This is just what he's heard. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Last one before we make our game picks for tonight. I, I crack myself up. Okay, another well, Kevin Durant I'm, I'm point. Happy, I'm, ha- I'm happy you're laughing with yourself. I'm so happy. Okay, anyway, another Kevin Durant <laughs> point ahead of All-Star Weekend. We all know the slam dunk contest. However, I'll admit, this year's slam dunk contestants, I'm not all that inspired about. And Kevin Durant isn't exactly inspired by it either. He said the stars need to come back. It felt like it was stars every year when I was a kid. So believable or buffoonery. Should star players begin to do the all-star game again? Guys like a yes, Zion yes. or a Ja or a LeBron. He's not going to do it, but you know what I'm saying. Like, So I believe more of a footer, should stars make their return to the uh, dunk contest? Uh, they should, but I'm one of the people that say you need to go ahead and just get rid of it. I, 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 I say uh, really? you should get people. You, you should probably get people off the streets to go do the dunk contest. There's some people out there that do wild dunks. But uh, I say get rid of it. Now, what did you replace it with? I have no idea. Three point contest is wonderful. The All Star game is wonderful. What is it? The skills competition as well. If I'm correct, I can't remember. Um, that's cool. But like, it's time to get rid of the dunk contest. Now, now, like, why do you say that? I, like the last great dunk contest, you know, was with um, Aaron Zach Gordon and Aaron Gordon. That was the last great one. And I think they had like two up in a row because they went against each other like twice. I could have believed like two years in a row. I can't remember. But that was the last like great one that I remember. And I think it's just, I don't know. There's only so many dunks you can do, I guess. That's fair. I don't know if they should get rid of it, but I think they should, like I said, I think if they bring stars back, they'll make it more enticing. Because this year, like yeah, I said, but- I don't care. Uh, are, are these stars gonna really out dunk Zach Levine and Eric Gordon? Can they really outdo those two? Them guys killed it, killed it like for real. Like, like I don't know if any of the stars can even do that. Like a lot of the stars, like Zion and Ja, can't, I'm not saying they can't do like trick, like you know, you know, do great dunks. But a lot of them, they just got height. They know how to jump. They real flashy. Well, I don't know. I, I, say I think Ja up. could do one. But I think, like, in the case of, like, a Zion, he's more of an in-game dunker. His dunks look cool, like, in fast motion. But if we're talking, like, get creative with it, I don't know. But I'll say this. It's going to bring more viewers and more attention to it than, like, a Shador Sanders or, uh, I mean, sorry, Shador Sharp or, um, what's his name, Max McGlone. Yeah, but, like, if you a star, why would you even want to put yourself in that spotlight to not win or mess up a dunk? You know what I mean? That's fair, especially in the age of social media. I get what you're saying. I get it, but who knows? I don't think they're going to get rid of it. I think they need to find ways to make it better. Bring back the props. The props made it a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. But then even Josh said he didn't want to do it, if I'm correct. Yeah, John ain't going to do it. 
I don't blame him. You know what I'm saying? And like, and Ja, if he said he'll he upcoming super, superstar, he said he not going to do it, so. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe other stars will change their minds. But all right, let's make uh, our game. Nah, pick. get rid of it. I vote get rid of the dunk contest. Okay. Add something else. Okay. Says the person who has their top five list, their top five list. All right. I'm Mike. just, hey, look, I'm just, I'm just, what you just say? You, you heard me. <laughs> hey, but uh, real quick, just to push ahead, I know we got to go, but uh, push like forward, but um, maybe you should add a one-on-one contest. I feel like having like a one-on-one tournament would be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Honestly, I prefer that to the, the best, all-star game. Look, the best of five. Or you could do like, um, five people on the court and do a game of 21. 21. Okay, like Blacktop. 21. Cool. I like that. I like that. I don't know if they would do it. NBA, would... pay me. NBA, this, I'm the guy you need in the office to make the hard decisions. Okay. You know what? While the NBA is paying you, hopefully WWE will pay me. All right, night picks. Starting with the when Orlando Magic. Why not get paid by both? Because I can't. You can't. Vince ain't going to let me do that. Vince, Vince, yeah, yeah, wait for him to leave again. Yeah. <laughs> he leaves again, then probably. All right, Orlando Magic versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Game's already in progress. I got Sixers. Oh, I got Sixers all day. Memphis Grizzlies taking on the Portland Trail Blazers. Another game that's in progress. Grizzlies up 44-38 with 650 in the second. I think Grizzlies hold on, pull it out. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm going for the Grizzlies all day, but Grizzlies need to learn how to close games out. They've been tripping lately. I don't know what's going on. We went from an 11-game winning streak all the way to a five-game losing streak. But then you guys broke the losing streak. We did break break it, but we shouldn't even been on that five-game losing streak. But go, Grizz. We're going to win that game. Okay. It's going to be a close game, close game. Okay. Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets. Right now, the Celtics are up 21-4 to in the first quarter. I think Celtics pull it out. I don't know if <laughs> the Nets can do it without KD out there. Yeah, Celtics for sure. Celtics, yeah. All right. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Golden State Warriors. Yes, the Warriors on the road, but I'm still picking them. Oh, I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. Ew. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Houston Rockets. I'm going to go Thunder. I'm going, uh, oh, I guess I'll go Houston. <laughs> Somebody it. needs to vote for Houston. Somebody needs to vote for Houston. You just love to disagree with me. That's no, I was going to go OKC, okay, then you went. I was like, hey, I mean, both of them, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and go uh, go Houston, see what happens, you know? Okay, you like disagree with me. All right, next up, the Sacramento Kings versus the San Antonio Spurs. I got Kings. I have... I'm going Kings. I'm going Kings. Oh, wow. Look at you agreeing with me. Toronto Raptors versus the Utah Jazz. The Raptors are one of those weird teams that are just in this odd slump. So I think I'm going to go Jazz. Uh, I'm not calling Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Raptors. I'm going to go Raptors. Okay. I feel you. All right. Last game. The Atlanta Hawks versus the Phoenix Suns. I got Suns. I also have the Suns. Oh, my gosh. Look at us in agreement. This is so beautiful. I know. I know. All right. Now you ready for the fun part? What's the fun part? I'm excited. We get to do our Royal Rumble recaps. Yay. Ooh, yeah. Another cup of Jack coming up. Okay. I'm joking. <laughs> All right. So here's what 
happened for those of you who did not see it or need a nice reminder? Unsurprisingly, Cody Rhodes wins the Men's Royal Rumble, but damn, that was a good one. Uh, Bray Wyatt wins the first ever Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Still don't really know what it was, but... It last was, time that ever happens. Yeah, first and last. I mean, unless Mountain Dew want to give WWE a whole bunch of money again. I did yeah, like the, the rainbow kendo stick. That, that was dope. Uh, Bianca Belair is still our Raw Women's Champion, but it's clear a change is coming for Alexa Bliss. Mommy's headed to Mania. That's right. Rhea Ripley becomes the fourth person ever to win the Royal Rumble from the number one spot, even though she broke my heart, but that's neither here nor there. And finally, Roman Reigns <laughs> retains his titles, but Sami Zayn makes one of the worst decisions of his entire career. Ooh. I went 5-0. As and of oh. right now. As of right now. Listen, 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 listen. You turn your back on the bloodline, you say this field, you're kicked off bloodline. of the they, island they of relevancy. Blood. They are not his blood. That's not Paul the point. Heyman, Paul Heyman is not their blood. But guess what, Paul Heyman? Guess what he doing? Sitting up pity so you get some pina coladas on the island of relevancy. Like Sammy could have been doing had he done his job. I don't know. I feel like that island is about to be vacated sooner or later. Oh, okay, bet. Anyway, I won per usual. I won 5-0. And Emory over here. 5-0? I won everything. Really? Yes. All right, that's not going to happen twice. Um, It's absolutely not, but I was right on. I won this one. You were saying right. you had four. You were four and one. You didn't pick Cody. I knew I had one, right? Yeah, you were four and one. You okay, just didn't pick Cody. Yeah, I mean, I thought Cody. Yeah, I, I mean, told I you it was too easy. One. It was too easy not to be Cody. It was too easy. That's why I didn't pick. Cody. I get it. I get it. But like I said, I told you on the predictions. Like I didn't want it to be Cody because it was too easy. But I'm not mad that it was Cody because they did it really well. All right. So yeah, what, what was your favorite match? Ooh, favorite match of the night. Favorite match of the night. All of them was pretty good, but if I had to choose one, um, probably going to say the Men's World Rumble. It's between the men's and women's because I, I like the Women's World Rumble, but I definitely loved the last three that was in the ring together. That was um, amazing. The, yeah, with the women. Highlight of the match. Um, which, okay, okay. And uh, but I had to say the men's, oh, I guess because what they did with Cody. Um, the Mount Duke match was... It was there, you know what I mean. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I knew they. I didn't know what they was gonna do, but I didn't hate it. Um, uh, Bianca, you know uh, her. Like I said, the only problem I have with her reign, some of her feuds are just not that great. I wanted to put more writing and storytelling into her feuds because she deserved more. Okay. Um, they had but, a chance uh, on Monday, but it's fine. What's this like? They had a chance on Monday, but it's fine. Exactly, but uh, that's what I'm saying, right? But I mean, Charlotte kind of needs that too, because Charlotte, she's a great raffle, but her her stories. They could have um, just did live. Well, I don't know why they. I. It's fine. I ain't got. I ain't gonna cry about it no more. <laughs> you said they could have chose live. And live could have faced Charlotte. No, nah, I want Oscar. It might be Oscar versus Bianca, honestly, and I would love to see that. I said but, Liv um, versus Charlotte because I, I wanted, I've wanted Rhea versus Bianca. For a very, very long time. And I texted you yeah. as soon as Real won and was like, we're getting I it. I know. But I mean, you can also get Oscar versus Bianca. But I wanted Rhea. 
I understand. I don't know why they didn't do that. I don't know. Hey, maybe Ronda comes back and fights Bianca. Don't, anyway, my favorite match was the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I like that. I like that. I think, not saying Rumbles need returns, because they absolutely don't. Especially if you have the right women on your roster. But I feel like the Women's Royal Rumble did a better job of, like, presenting the past and people like uh, Michelle McCool, the future, some NXT women were involved, and then the present. And I like that kind of infusion of everything. And then the last three with Liv, uh, Rhea, and Asuka was tremendous. It's one of the better yes. finishes I've ever seen to a Rumble match. Look, I, I say it was a pretty well-rounded show. Uh, both of the Rumbles was pretty good. Gunther and um, Cody was good as well. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it, it could be either way. You know, either way, yeah, I accept it. It's pretty good. Oh, thank you so much. I, I live for your approval. Um, I, know, I, know, I know, I know. Moving on to <laughs> what was your favorite moment? Favorite moment? Hmm. Favorite moment of the show? Uh, I'm going to say Sammy chair shot in the back in the, in the back of the tribal chief i mean sammy wants to be part of the bloodline he's just like roman he's had enough you won let's just go let's go celebrate but you want me to beat up the guy i consider my brother yes. even though he didn't turn his back on me a million times but that's still my brother come on stop just stop you know what i mean just stop so he hit, i mean somebody had to hit him in the back i mean come on like I'm happy, I'm so happy Jay walked out. Like Jay, Roman beat the crap out of you for you to get in line. Don't listen to Roman. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, I couldn't pinpoint one specific instance. It's all of it was just yeah. Because it was a. I admittedly, I'm not gonna front with you. Before all of that happened, I had like a B, B plus grade for the pay per view. Yeah. And then all that happened, and it went up to an A. It was chef's kiss. It was great. It was. I mean, they beat the crap out of Kevin Owens. But to be fair, one of my sleeper moments is uh, Uncle Howdy missing his jump. <laughs> Missed the I, – I don't know if that was on I purpose or not. I thought I was the only not. one that noticed it. No, he I thought he I was the only whipped. one that noticed it. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that noticed that. <laughs> Then I was on social media. Was like, oh, so it wasn't me playing like this. I wasn't playing tricks on myself. No. He he missed the crap out that jump. But hey, it was dark. But at the same time, he did have like glowing gear on, so you could yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if I had to pick I mean, a, a close second, it was seeing Oscar with the kind of makeup. It scared the crap out of me. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie to but, you, but it was needed. <laughs> No, no, I lied. My favorite moment was Selena Vega and her cosplay outfit on. Oh, my gosh. All right, you're going to stop disrespecting me on my show. Um, Moving on Wait, to... What are you talking about? Selena, Selena Vega? Anyway, disrespectful. She looks amazing. Okay, let's talk about increased and decreased <laughs> stock. Truthfully, what? my I had Gunther increasing his stock, stayed in the Rumble for an hour and 11 minutes, the cardio on that man. And like, I don't, I'm sure you probably didn't watch the press conference after, but Triple H was talking about it. He was like, the thing I'm most proud about is like, it was never really a dull moment. He was always kind of in the thick of it. He never was just kind of there. Like he always made his presence felt, which he did. So definitely he, in my opinion, increased his stock. And honestly, I don't think anybody decreased their stock. I think that this was still a good show across the board. I don't think anybody suffered from losing. Um, No. Uh, well, 
I don't know, maybe because I'm a Baron Corbin fan. I think whatever he do, he does, and whatever they throw at him, he knows how to do it, and he puts his all into things. I hate that, um, you know, how he got eliminated. You know, Brock attacks him. It was funny, though. It was funny. It was funny, but I, I would love to see Baron Corbin get more because he's pretty talented. But besides that, that's probably the only thing. I think Liv probably raised her stock a little bit. Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything. I, I think everybody came out on pretty good. And, and you do love you a live, so I knew you were gonna say her name at some point. Okay, what is one hey, booking hey, decision yes. that you would have done? What is something that you would have done differently? There's something I would have done differently, like throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. Just one thing you would have done differently. Pretty rounded, a good uh, rounded show. But if I had to choose, huh? This is tough. This is tough. I don't know. Maybe I would have changed something with the Mountain Dew. Maybe I would have had him come out as the Fiend. The Fiend days are over. Also, actually, I'll get to that in a second. Um, honestly, I don't really have one. If I had maybe one critique, it just felt like. I texted you and I was like, this is the fastest rumble ever because it felt like people were like getting knocked out like that. And so I wish some people would have got a little bit more time because it, it felt Mary like, <clears throat> no, it was like they were there. And that like, for example, um, Montez Ford, I don't even know if he was in the ring two minutes You're right. before he got knocked out. And it was, it was a lot of people who was like, it was they they were there and then they weren't there. Like sometimes I felt like I was even missing eliminations. And so, if I had any gripe, I think that they could have let people stay in the ring a little bit long. Because it felt like everybody was in there for like maybe a minute or two, and then they had to step. Yeah, but I kind of like that, only because sometimes Romans could feel drawn out. And it definitely did. Now, you could make that argument it was a little too fast, but I, I didn't mind it because sometimes it can just take forever. That's true. They, they do be going very, very long. They do be going long. All right, next up. My WTF moment. Oh, this is easy. Bray's glow-in-the-dark face paint. The Fiend was scary. Not disputing it. The mask was terrifying looking. But that face paint, it was dope. But it also scared the crap out of me. You factor in the contacts. You factor in the stuff on his arm. That stuff was wild. So that was my WTF moment, seeing him, his face like that. Yeah, yeah, like, I think they did the best they could with that match. Oh, no, I liked it. But I'm saying, like, that was my WTF. They really scared you. <laughs> no, Oscar scared me. But seeing Braxton, what the hell is this? Uh, I would say Oscar. Um, I definitely like that. Uh, I didn't. Ex- I knew something was gonna happen with the bloodline, so I wanted really to just say that was my WTF because I knew something was gonna happen. Um, I, I would say Oscar. Uh, it came out of nowhere. It's always been rumored she was gonna make a change, but I guess that was like her original. Um. You know, so uh, that was mine. You know, because I, I noticed that she coming down. I'm like, she looks a little different, but it didn't dawn on me that she took the mask off. It didn't dawn on you? Hmm. Did you see? Y'all, never mind. You said you didn't watch Raw. But yeah, no, that was great. All right. Um, How would you grade the show? Like I said, I mean, before the whole Bloodline stuff, it had a solid B, B, plus, but seeing that, it went up to an A. Yeah, I said A. 
what was all on the card of? It was both men's, women. So did you really not listen to the recap that I just gave you? Now I'm doing. I was listening. I was listening. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a a plus. Mm. I always listen. You are such a liar. Well, hopefully you'll listen to this. It is the the card as of now for ex- uh, Elimination Chamber, which I'm excited about. As we all know, Rhea Ripley picked to face Charlotte, which I'm heartbroken about, but it's still going to be a banger. So who's going to face Bianca Belair? Well, we will find out depending on the winner of the Women's Elimination Chamber match, which will feature Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, and then there are two other spots up for grabs. The WWE United Championship will also be um, competed for in the Elimination Chamber, which will feature, of course, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, and then there's two open spots. So far, from what we know about these Elimination Chamber matches, how do you like them? Oh, I I like it. I like them a lot. Um... I like it. Uh, it like the title's still important. And, um, I, I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah I'm excited about the matches. I'm excited. Uh, of course, you got like uh, some more people to add. I hope Bobby gets in there, but at the same time, Brock just going to find a way to ruin it. <laughs> Brock and Brock Bobby gonna come just to the bottom of the cage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and drag him down like under there. It's going to be like when Shawn Michaels uh, super kicked. Uh, what's the name? Undertaker, and then Chris Jericho became world champion and set up their WrestleMania match, WrestleMania 26. For real, like these two guys are just having a huge beef, and I, I love it. I freaking love it. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm excited about the matches. Um, I'm curious to see who else is going to be in there because uh, it was the women's match uh, to find out because I definitely want Oscar to win. But like, who are the other two? Maybe Shayna Baszler, and I don't know who else. But uh, I'm excited. I dig it. I'm interested to see how it's going to shake out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. As always, it is a pleasure and a half to get to talk to you, Embryo. Maybe next time you join us on the show, you'll be out of the womb. I am so done with you, but thank you for having me here. I'm always happy to do it anytime. Anything you'd like to say before we close out this bad boy? And think hard, because last time we ended it, and he's like, oh, wait. And we had to add to it. So anything you want to say? I'm all ears, please. Uh, anything I want to say, uh, I don't know. It's Everybody not too crazy. Safe. I appreciate y'all for listening in Hurt Business forever. Okay, that's easy. Um, Y'all know where I stand. Lakers, y'all know this Lake Show. Um, Russ, if you do get traded, I'm still in the bandwagon of sending him back to Washington. I love to see him and Bradley Beal together. Or send him to Miami and he can kick it with Jimmy Butler and they can kick people's butts, literally. And um, Super Bowl, be on the lookout for that. Next week we are going to give our in-depth Super Bowl preview that's gonna be a blast and a half and um oh yeah well since i got you here who's going to see though that's kind of tough i'm gonna go eagles okay eagles i respect that but all right thank you guys again so much for listening again thank you embryo happy to have you and we'll see you all next time